Man, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Luke, chapter 9. It's great to be with you all tonight at Overdrive. Didn't Landry do a good job of the video with everybody involved? I know you already applauded. Luke 9, verses 57 to 62. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. If you know you are called to something, put your hand to the plow and go for it. If you know you are called to something, put your hand to the plow. Now, I know that this portion of Scripture is dealing with discipleship. And thank the Lord that he tells it like it is. We'll touch on discipleship a little bit later. But I hear in verse 62 the Lord exhorting us concerning our calling, our gifting, our destiny, our ministry, our vocation, our occupation, our family, and so on. Verse 62, the New King James Version reads, But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, I like how the message reads. Jesus said, no procrastination, no backward looks. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. And the Amplified, Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back to the things behind is fit for the kingdom of God. Strong words and a high standard. Number one tonight, keep your eyes on what's in front of you. What happens when our eyes look back to things behind? Our plowing is affected. You see, even a quick glance can kill a straight line. A quick glance backwards can kill a straight line. It can take us off course, mess things up. People that look back lose focus. They lose sight of what's in front of them and what God has called them to. People that have their hand on the plow and look back 
focusing on the things that they've left behind. These people lose focus of what's in front of them. People that look back can end up making a real mess of the field they've been stationed in. We have to keep our eyes on what's in front of us. The J.B. Phillips New Testament reads, but Jesus told him, anyone who puts his hand to the plow and then looks behind him is useless for the kingdom of God. Wow. Number two, keep your hands on the plow. Momentum dies when we take our hands off the plow. How many know what a plow is? Anybody real confused right now? You you plow a field? We understand. In the old days. Momentum dies when we take our hands off the plow. Momentum dies when we take a break. Momentum dies when we let go and let rest. There are many people that have started plowing only to take a break, take their hands off the plow, that have never put their hands on the plow again. There are people that have taken their hands off the plow and then put their hands back on the plow. But the plowing isn't the same. It's a lesser level of plowing. Maybe it seems too too taxing now. I want to encourage us tonight, don't take your hands off the plow. This is a killer. When it comes to the kingdom of God, when it comes to your calling, your destiny, your vocation, your occupation, whatever the Lord has for you in this life, when you know you are called to something, put your hand to the plow and plow. Just keep going. Don't look back. Don't get discouraged. We're going to face things in the field, but that's all right. We are more than overcomers through Christ Jesus. But he's calling us to plow. If we take our hands off the plow, if we relax, take a break, this is a killer. I want to encourage this tonight. Don't lose the momentum you have and increase. Don't lose the momentum you have. We've seen those, perhaps we've been those, that have lost momentum because we've taken a break or we've relaxed our hold on the plow. We've looked behind, slowed down, and just taken rest. Again, I encourage us tonight, don't lose the momentum. Don't lose the momentum in your relationship with the Lord. Don't lose your momentum, whatever God's calling you to, whatever God is leading you into. I trust we can receive this tonight. Proverbs 6, verses 10 and 11, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. We can apply that to our calling. A little sleep, little rest, little slumber, little folding of the hands. Just taking it easy. But God's calling us to put our hands on the plow and really go for it. 
The message, a nap here and a nap there. A day off here and a day off there. Sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this. You can look forward to a dirt poor life. Poverty, your permanent house guest. I want to say tonight, the strain we feel at the plow is something we should never let go of. There are a lot of people that let go of the strain they feel at the plow. They allow their body to dictate. They allow their soul to dictate. That is the mind, will, and emotions rather than the spirit out front. And God will make all things strong if we will rely on him, if we'll keep our hands on the plow. Again, we are more than overcomers in Christ. There's no reason to take a break. There's no reason to take a rest. Take our hand off what God's called us to. There's no rest for the wicked and the righteous don't have time. You ever heard that before? Our hands are on the plow. We know what God's called us to. We're going for it. We're going for it. Number three, fight for commitment. 1 Timothy 6, verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. J.B. Phillips, fight the worthwhile battle of faith. Keep your grip on that life eternal to which you have been called. We can apply that to discipleship, but I want to apply it here tonight. Your commitment is going to face the fire. Your commitment to what God has called you to, your commitment to the plow is going to face the fire. Our commitment faces pressure. The enemy will come to break our resolve. Pressures will come to break our resolve. People pressure, life pressure, could be financial pressure. Setbacks, things, wow, that seem to creep up in the field. We hit a stone in the field, or there's a rut in the field. Whatever it might be, the weather in the field. The enemy comes to break our resolve. How about discouragement? Listen, we all face discouragement as we plow. Every single one of us, no matter who we are, no matter what we are called to or involved in, we are all going to face discouragement in life. We're all going to face discouragement in our ministry, in our gifting, in our calling. Whatever God's put us to, every single one of us, we're all going to face discouragement. The question is, what are we going to do with it? Are we going to overcome? Because we're more than overcomers in Christ, or are we going to let the discouragement overtake us and kill the plowing? We have a choice. What are we going to do when discouragement comes our way? How about disappointment? I just want to let everybody know tonight, people are going to disappoint you. There are going to be things that happen in the field that bring disappointment. But again, what are we going to do with the disappointment? Hard ground could be the plight of time. Man, I've been plowing this same row. <laughs> For how long now? You ever felt like that? You see, who cares how long we've been plowing it if we know God has called us to it? Just keep going. We get so caught up with time, don't we? Just put your hand to the plow and keep going. God's called you to it. 
voices questioning or criticizing our plowing. <laughs> We're all going to face them. We're all going to face them. We have to fight for commitment. This is crucial. This is way more serious of a matter than we actually might think. Because if the enemy can crack our faithfulness, he can break our faithfulness. And what happens? Eyes turn and hands come off the plow. Sometimes it's not only that eyes turn and hands comes off the plow, it's that people actually leave the field. We have to fight for commitment. I mean, we could apply this to so many areas. We have to fight for commitment to overdrive. We have to fight for commitment to a local church. We have to fight for commitment in relationship. We have to fight for commitment at our place of occupation, don't we? Because we're all going to face these things, this little tiny list. How's your fight for commitment? Do we have any fight in us? Oswald Chambers said, the Christian life is gloriously difficult. But its difficulty does not make us faint and cave in. It stirs us up to overcome. I don't know what kind of life you're living. These things we face should just stir us up to overcome. Listen, if we have a great calling, every calling's great. How can we think that we're not going to face any of these things? Like discouragement and disappointment and hard ground and the plight of time, voices questioning or criticizing. We face these things. If you know you are called to something, I encourage, well, this group tonight, put your hand to the plow and go for it. Good intentions are not enough. You are going to go through the fire, rain, and all the good as well. You've got to be committed and not let the plow kill the drive. Number one, keep your eyes on what's in front of you. Two, keep your hands on the plow. Three, fight for commitment. Fight for commitment. Back to our main text, Luke 9, verses 57 to 62. Now, it happened as they journeyed on the road. I mean, put yourself in the text. Imagine hearing these kind of responses from Jesus. Imagine having an encounter with him an opportunity to follow. Then we see the standard. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. That is a bold statement. Can you imagine? You see him, you say, I'll go wherever. I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says to him, foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. 
Here's an invitation. Come and follow. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. (laughs) But you go and preach the kingdom of God. Wow. And another said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus is teaching us here just how serious this is when we purpose to follow him. When we make a decision to follow him, to set our hands to the plow, to accept what he has called us to, First and foremost, our calling is discipleship. Now I realize there are people that put their other calling out front. All their focus is on that. But Jesus is more concerned about discipleship in your life than you getting on some stage or you getting your own or you getting paid. He's way more, way more concerned with your life not looking like the old life. No, we come, Lord, use me in this way. And he's saying, well, okay, we got to get you ready first. So go plow. Let's build some strength. Let's build some stamina. Let's check out how steadfast you are at this. And We're like, no, I didn't have that in mind. Just go plow. Follow me. Well, i got to go take care of business over here. And he's saying... Anyone putting their hand to the plow, looking back, isn't fit for the kingdom. I just want to deal with discipleship for a few moments. Discipleship is no light matter. Discipleship is no trifle thing. Discipleship is very serious. The Word of God tells us that discipleship is very serious. You see, it matters not what others have made it out to be or will make it out to be. Jesus Christ set the standard, and that standard will never pass away. It doesn't matter who you go cozy up to because you want them to tell you that it's okay to redefine discipleship. It's simply a lie. We cannot redefine discipleship. Jesus Christ set it out. He laid it out. He set the standard of what discipleship looks like. What it looks like to follow him. Redefinition? No way. Cultural relevance? Give it a rest. Personal conviction? Foolishness. Oswald Chambers, God never fits his word to suit me. He fits me to suit his word. I mean, we have a generation that even concerning the Word of God, the truth, it's like, let's just, let's figure out a paraphrase that's going to suit me better. Something that's going to speak to the culture. I mean, pretty soon we're going to read text that talks about iPhones in there. So I don't know. It's so silly. Some of the translations are not even translations, they're paraphrases that are out there today. And it's ludicrous because it's leading people astray. It's telling them there's a lesser level, a lower standard, and it's okay. 
But we should understand this because it says in the last days they'll gather those that tickle their ears, right? This is no new news. And there are many out there today that will tell us what we want to hear. We just got to find them. And there are people out on a wild goose chase trying to find people to tell them what they want to hear so that life's easier. So instead of spending all that energy and time, why don't you just go after God and get with the program? Rather than spending countless hours, you know, on YouTube or whatever you spend on and podcasts and searching for the ones that make you feel all right, why don't you just start listening to the ones that are going to make you feel like you need to change and change and plow with God? You'll be way better off. I mean, listen to those words. God never fits his word to suit me. He fits me to suit his word. Want to know something tonight? God never fits discipleship to suit me. He fits me to suit discipleship. Now, the invitation is open right off the start, and we come as we are. But then we change. There are churches out there today, it's come as you are and come every time as you are. Don't worry about it. We're just glad you showed up because there's another butt in the pew and hopefully you put some money in the plate. That's not discipleship. I mean, that's not even a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, Jesus calls these individuals to a deep level right off the bat. And that's what I love. He just lays it out. This is how serious it is. If you look at the text in the New King James Bible, at least some of them, it actually says the cost of discipleship as the heading. The cost. And there is a cost. There's a far greater cost and a devastating one if we reject his invitation or if we take our hands off the plow and turn back. Now, is there grace? Yes. If I take my hand off the plow and walk off only to come back later, is there grace? I'm going to say this tonight. Only the Lord can judge these matters. Why do I say that? Because he knows them full well. And he knows the heart full well. He knows us full well and he knows our hearts full well. I'm not going to judge that. We can judge fruit. But if someone takes their hands off the plow and walks away and comes back and wants a second chance, Jesus knows their heart. He knows if they are are truly broken and contrite. Let's read Romans 6, 1 to 3. I'm going to read out of the message. So what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign... How can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? 
This is what happened in baptism when we went under the water. We left the old country of sin behind. And when we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life, a brand new land. You see, some can't forget the old address. They're filling out new forms, and they're still writing the old address. You ever found yourself doing that? It's like, that ain't right. The postal code's wrong. J.B. Phillips, New Testament. Now, what is our response to be? Shall we sin to our heart's content and see how far we can exploit the grace of God? What a ghastly thought. We who have died to sin, how could we live in sin a moment longer? Now, are we talking about sinless perfection? No. But listen to these words, 1 John 2, 1. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus the righteous. Notice how it says if, not when. Think more highly of yourself. Think more highly of the Holy Spirit living inside of you to help you make right decisions. Think more highly of the power of the gospel in your life. Think more highly of the word to properly train so that we don't stumble and fall, so that we don't sin. It says if, not when. Phillips, New Testament, I write these things to you. May I call you my children, for that's how I think of you. Listen to this, to help you avoid sin. Can we avoid sin? I'll let you answer that question. But the Word of God already has. But if a man should sin, remember that our advocate before the Father is Jesus Christ, the righteous. The one who made personal atonement for our sins and for those of the rest of the world as well. So I want to say tonight, discipleship. What's it going to take? Keep your eyes on what's in front of you. Keep your eyes on who's in front of you. Don't take your hands off the plow and fight for commitment. Concerning your calling, what God is leading you into, where he stationed you in life, what's it going to take? Keep your eyes on what's in front of you. Keep your eyes on who's in front of you. Don't take your hands off the plow. Fight for commitment. Let's have the worship team return. I want to ask this. How is your plowing? How is your plowing? Listen, we can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Sometimes we, we think we have all these years to get with the program. But you know what? People that think they have all these years to get with the program never really get with the program. The years run out. 
The truth is, not one of us knows the years we have. My how the years run out. It's incredible. If your eyes are looking back tonight, would you turn your head and focus on what's in front of you? If you've taken a break or slackened your pace, get your hands on that plow, tighten your grip, and set your face like a flint and get after it. If your commitment is under attack, fight for it. Why do we let go of commitment so quick? And really, oftentimes, so easy. My commitment that we have purposed to create and worked so hard at for years, and just like that, it's gone. The enemy comes to break commitment. I mean, we could talk about relationships tonight. We can talk about our relationship to the house of the Lord tonight, our brothers and sisters in Christ. We can talk about commitment to the word, commitment to prayer, commitment to worship, commitment to tithing and fasting, and all these things. The enemy wants to wear down our resolve and take away our commitment. I encourage us to fight. Are we distracted? Do we lack steadfastness or focus? You know, no farmer plows haphazardly all over the place. I just, I want to say this tonight. Just get to plowing. You'll be shocked the ground you'll cover. You'll be shocked. But people that always have their eyes on what's behind, they don't get very far. They don't cover much ground. And if they do continue with that kind of lifestyle, I mean, that's not what Jesus had in mind for them. We look to what's ahead. I want to encourage us all tonight. Let's look to what's ahead. Let's take to what God's called us to. And let's plow like we've never plowed before. Plow like we've never plowed before. Don't take a break. Don't take rest. Listen, everybody wants to tell us we need a break and we need rest. I'm not going to go through the details of that. That's fine. I just want to say what God has called you to. Don't let go. Just keep going. Let's stand tonight. Just sing this out. We're going to close in prayer. Have a time of fellowship. Head out of this place. Forever keep us burning, Lord. The fire of your love. Ever keep us strong, Lord.